So we're going to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 34. Um, and it's page 1219 in your pew Bible. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the, with the word, world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things I will give directions when I come. May God have blessing in the reading of his word. If you would take your Bible and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As you can see before me this morning, we come to the table of the Lord together to celebrate the gospel together. Paul in 1 Corinthians is writing to the Corinthian church. He is giving them instruction on the Lord's Supper. I didn't bring us to the entire text. That is the instruction. starts back in verse 17. Paul is giving them a rebuke there, and I don't think that we're coming for that reason particularly today. I want us to, to focus in on the verses that were read just as we come and look at the gospel in the Lord's Supper. If you're a guest with us today, we take this as a church We take our time seriously. It is a time where we are a body of Christ together. So if you are a guest today and you do know the Lord, we want to invite you to participate with us as you proclaim the gospel with us as well. I want to make four statements about the gospel and the Lord's Supper that I think are here in Paul's uh, writing to us. And then, as you see in your worship guide this morning, we're going to spend a considerable amount of time praying I'm convinced, church, that we don't spend enough time praying. Uh, I don't think we do in our personal lives. I don't think we do in our church life and our corporate body. And I think that there's a lot of us that, including me, I'm standing as your pastor saying this, we don't have a lot of patience for prayer um, and praying together. And I'm not sure why that is. So let me just say, when we pray in a few minutes, what we're doing as a body, get this picture of what prayer is. We're standing together as one body before the king of the universe, and we've identified one person to speak on our behalf before him. And so I want us to have that picture in our minds as we bow in a moment and and spend some time praying together as those that are identified will come and voice our prayer to the Lord. I pray that your heart would be praying with them. Just as I've prepared the message, I've asked them to prepare what we would say to our king Uh, as a body of Christ today, coming before this table. So I hope that your heart will join in and bow before our King in prayer in just a few moments. Paul is giving us instruction here about the Lord's Supper. 
And I believe it's about how the gospel is seen in all of it. And I just want to make, there's no way that I can dive into this entire text. So I just want to make four statements to you. Call us before this table and then bring us to the table. Verse 23, the first statement's found here. The gospel and the Lord's Supper. First, it is received. Look at what Paul says. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. And then he goes on to describe the Lord's Supper, the elements of the Supper. And what Paul is saying to us is what I received. That is, here is the instruction on how to participate in this table, how to come before the tables of church. There were all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems in the Corinthian church, and Paul is speaking to them about how they have even gotten the Lord's Supper wrong. As a matter of fact, he's just rebuked them for some of the things that they had been doing wrong. And now he says, I want you to understand, this is not some dinner that you came up with. It's not some ritual that you just came up with as a church. This is something that was received. And as you look at what Paul says, he is actually describing how the supper is a clear picture of the gospel. As a matter of fact, what you and I would know is there are two ordinances of the church. There are two things that Jesus instituted that the church for 2,000 years has practiced as pictures of the gospel. The first is baptism. It is the clear picture of the gospel in burial and resurrection, death, burial, resurrection, right there in our baptism. It is not to be repeated. It is a one-time event in your life that you have said, I have died to myself and my sin, and I'm following Christ. It is a one-time event in a believer's life. But this event is not to be one time. It is communal in that we celebrate it as a church, and it is to be celebrated regularly. And so Paul will say in just a moment down in verse 33, when you come together to eat. He doesn't say how often you should. He just says when you come together to eat this meal. And so here we are. I am also convinced that we don't celebrate the table enough to keep the gospel before us. I am not so sure that uh, I want to go to celebrating this table every week because it becomes such ritual. You just take the elements and move on. There are dangers in both. Their danger for us is that it becomes so ceremonial that we really don't focus on the gospel together. And so Paul says, when you come together to eat, and when he does, and when you do, I want you to know that the table that you're sitting before this morning, the table that we come around together as a body of Christ, the table of our Lord is not something that we have created. It is something that we have received just like the gospel is something we have received. And so I want to encourage you, admonish you, and challenge you this morning as you come. Know that the bread that you will hold in your hand in just a moment is representative of the body of our Savior broken and given for you. It is not something you earned. It is something that we received. And so Paul gives instructions about what he received from the Lord Jesus. And he did this, by the way, in a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He revealed himself to Paul. And this morning as we come to the table, I want to encourage you and again challenge you from this text that you need to have received this wonderful gift of salvation from our Savior to come to this table because it is a picture of the gospel, what Jesus has done for us. Secondly, beginning in verse 24, he shows us the elements When he had given thanks, he broke it, that is Jesus, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And then verse 25, he says, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So the first statement is, it is received. This ordinance of the church, the gospel itself is received for us. But secondly, it is to be remembered. We are remembering today our Savior. We are remembering what he has done. We are remembering his broken body. We're remembering that there is one who has come and you and I, apart from him, have no hope. But one came in order to die for you and for me. One came to freely shed his own blood for you and for me, for the washing of our sins. And so let me encourage you and challenge you and admonish you today as you come before this table that you would remember as you hold that wafer, the body of Jesus Christ was broken so that I might have life. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that I might have the forgiveness of sins. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so in God's infinite wisdom, in His immeasurable love, He chose to crush His own Son so that you and I could have life. Today we gather this table as a time of remembering our Savior. I want you to note verse 26 as we remember what we do. It's my favorite verse in this entire passage. Paul says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup... You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Do you know what we're literally doing together this morning? We're proclaiming the gospel to one another. That's why the Lord's Supper is continual in what we do. Baptism is our entrance into the kingdom of God. Communion or the Lord's Supper is our continual confession that he is Lord. He is my Savior. And so we celebrate this together as a proclamation to each other. You are proclaiming to one another. We are proclaiming as a church that one died so that we might have life. And you are saying, I have placed my faith in him. I have died to self and sin. And I want you to know, I want us to know, we want the world to know that we belong to the king. We are proclaiming the gospel together, his death his burial, and his resurrection. But not only that, notice the last three words, until he comes. Did you realize this morning that we will not for eternity celebrate this meal? There is a meal that will end this meal, and that is when Jesus comes. book of Revelation teaches us about the marriage supper of the Lamb, that our relationship with Jesus Christ will be fully consummated when he comes. He will take his own, and we will reign with him forever and ever, and we will be his bride, and he will be our groom. And that's the kind of relationship that the Bible uses to illustrate our relationship with God. And so we partake of this meal as a proclamation of the gospel of our salvation until the coming of Jesus when we will enter into with him the marriage supper of the lamb there will be a supper coming and so we are taking this meal remembering and that remembering is proclamation but that remembering is also anticipation because Jesus is returning and his return is soon You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a time of remembering. So the gospel and the Lord's Supper is received. It is remembering 
And thirdly, it's a time of repentance. Beginning in verse 27, there's a stern warning for us here, isn't there? Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. He goes on to talk about judgment and discerning. And as you look at those words that we will be discerned and we discern the body, how do we do that? How do we come? The question would be, how do we come in a worthy manner then? And this indeed is the gospel. It is a time that you and I come to say we need to repent. We need to come as a, as a follower of Christ and as one who continually lives in repentance. I was reminded this week that uh, you and I need to hear over and over and over again the Christian walk is a walk of repentance. So I was even praying for you this morning and preparing my own heart for this. I was reminded, Stephen, you have not repented of some things. I have to get on my face before the Lord and just repent. My own sinfulness, my own thoughts, my own rude words, my own pride. God, give us forgiveness. But the question still remains, how then do we come in an unworthy, in a worthy manner? You understand this morning the discerning that he talks about in verses 29 and following means that we must discern the body and blood of Christ. And in discerning that, we discern, we understand, we know, we come by faith to believe the gospel. And that's how you discern the body and blood of Christ. Because, let me just tell you this morning, if by chance you think that you come to this table this morning and you think, man... Praise the Lord, I deserve, I am somehow worthy of Jesus dying. And so I'm celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of my Savior because I'm so great that He loves me. Now I know that none of you think you're good enough for Jesus to die. But when you come not discerning the body and blood of our Savior, that's the way you're coming to the table. If you think that somehow if I could do this or this, or I could just be good enough, or I could just stay away from enough sin, that Jesus would come and die for me, and He did, He somehow saw this greatness in me maybe even if it was just potential and he came and died you have not discerned the body and blood of our savior because he did not come because we were great he did not come because we deserved it he did not come because you even did enough good for him to come he came because of his great love not because of our great character and so if you come on your own merit you cannot come in a worthy manner You will always be unworthy. The only way that you can come in a worthy manner to this table is if you come in Christ. Paul's favorite phrase in his letters, in Christ. That we have been washed by his blood. That his body broken for us has redeemed us, delivered us. So friends, listen to me carefully this morning. The gospel is not just for your forgiveness. That's half of the gospel. When Jesus shed his blood and let his body be broken on the cross, that purchased our redemption in that there is forgiveness of sins for you. But if that is the only gospel that you ever preach, you have missed this full gospel. And Paul says, do not come in an unworthy manner. How do I do that? Because this, here's the gospel. Jesus' death forgives me of all of my sins, but his resurrection shows me the power. And God says that all of his righteousness has been put on your account. So believer, this morning, it doesn't matter what kind of morning you 
have had. It doesn't matter what kind of week you have had. It doesn't matter what kind of life you have had. You come before the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your sins and the gospel writer writing a letter and John says to us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You, my friend, can come before the Lord with complete wholeness with no sin today you come to the Lord confess your sins to him he is faithful and just based on the promises of his word to forgive you and not only forgive you the Bible says you have exchanged your wickedness your sin for all of his righteousness so when the father looks at you friend he sees the righteousness of his son every righteous deed that Jesus ever accomplished has been put on your account. And when God the Father looks at you, that's what he sees. So, verse 28. Let us examine ourselves then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So we come discerning the body. Jesus, your body was broken so that I could have forgiveness, so that you could exchange the great exchange. I have exchanged my sin for your righteousness and now I hold the righteousness of Christ. That's discerning his body. He accomplished that through his death, burial, and resurrection. So examine yourself. How? Do you believe this? It's the first question. Do you believe That Jesus died and took your sin upon the cross. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Do you believe that? Believer friend, if you're here, church family, you're sitting here, you examine yourself by saying, Have I missed discerning the body and blood of Christ? Have Have I neglected repentance? Have I neglected confession before the Lord? Have, am I holding sin in my heart? So let me encourage you, challenge you, admonish you in just a moment as you hold this wafer, as you hold this cup, that in those moments you will be praying, Lord, would you expose my heart? Any wickedness, any sin in me, would you expose it so that I might repent and confess? That might mean that you have to turn to a neighbor and say, I need to confess this and I need you to know that I'm confessing this because I don't need to hold it in any longer. It might mean that you have to turn to somebody in here and say, I've sinned against you. Would you forgive me? Because you know that I need to discern the body and me confessing in repentance and having the forgiveness of the Father is much more important than me keeping an image in my family or in this church. Life of repentance. It's the life of a believer. It's a time remembering. It's a time of repentance. Finally, in verse 33, this table is communal. It's meant to be done, exercised, celebrated as a corporate body. Do you understand? This is a gift given to the church. We celebrate this uniquely as a church. You don't celebrate this as a family. You don't go home and celebrate communion by yourself. We come as a church because we have covenanted together to glorify, praise, proclaim the glory of King Jesus. And so we get to do this together. I told the first 
service when I heard us sing down at the cross at the beginning of the first service. I just began to weep because I had been thinking about Uganda and uh, thinking about being with you. And I thought, man, in the next couple of days, I'm going to be singing down at the cross with our brothers and sisters across the world. I've sang with them before, and I'll hear the African drums beating, and I'll hear their rhythms, which are completely different from our rhythms. And they will sing a song that we know the tune of, and we will celebrate the gospel together. They will not be able to understand my English in saying it, and I will not be able to understand some of their Swahili or their Uganda and as they say, sing it, and we will sing the words that I know what they're saying and they know what I'm saying and we'll praise the Lord together. But then as I even thought about that this morning, I thought how wonderful it is that we can gather as a body of Christ here at Poplar Spring Baptist Church loving one another, committing to one another to love the world and and go with the gospel all over the world and do the ministry of our great Savior together, but then come into this place and celebrate the gospel together in a wonderful environment where we joyfully celebrate our Savior's death, burial, and resurrection. What a privilege you and I have to be together as a body today, to celebrate this So Paul says, so then, my brothers, when you come together, wait for one another, share with one another, serve one another. In just a moment, our deacons are going to come forward and they're going to serve us this table that we together might share in this gospel proclamation. My friends, let me encourage you. Let me challenge you. Let me admonish you. As you come to this table, know that we are one body, followers of Christ, who have been called to be on mission for our Savior. And here we celebrate what He's done in our midst. And then we go and make disciples together. So let's celebrate it together.